Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Hello, this is Krista Bell, a.k.a. FBI Agent Kenny Preston. And you're listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Uh, oh. Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so excited. Today we have Christabel. An amazing person, a wonderful interview. Um, we should just stop talking and just go right into it. Windy and flash flood warnings and oh. thunder and lightning and sheets of rain. But I, I have to say, I love it. I'm in Texas right now, and usually I, I'm in Northern California, and I just, I desperately miss the thunderstorms of Texas. And wow. boy, did I get one! So I'm actually, it's, it's kind of spooky, but I really, I really like it. That's it reminds awesome. me of my childhood, and yeah, I'm with my mom, and uh, I've got rehearsals um, every day that I'm here and I'm going to leave for Europe on March 30th which is Friday oh my god wow. and I yeah I'm, I'm a for, for like four and a half weeks and um, I'm a little it's 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 like totally overwhelming, but at the same time, I'm super excited and it's like more than I can possibly do. So I just do everything I can and then leave the rest up to, <laughs> to destiny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it sounds kind of fatalistic for, you know, for just a tour, but sometimes it feels pretty dramatic because like, you know, whatever I leave, you know, with in my 50 pound suitcase is what I have, you know, for the next four weeks. And we've got such a fast clip on this tour that, you know, it's, it, there's like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty wild ride. I gotta say, but, awesome. but uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for you. It's, <clears> it's, <throat> yeah. it's been a while since you've been to Europe to do a tour, hasn't it? Well, actually, I guess the last one was no, November. No, I feel like it's, it's been before. See, like, okay, dates and time. This is not my forte. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't so long ago. I think it. I think it was November 2017 <clears throat> when okay. I had my last full-on European tour, and they take a good like 
six to eight months to plan. I mean, wow. some of these shows were booked a year and a half ago. And so they seem like a dream. Like they're like, you know, Oh, March, 2018. If you book that, you know, in March, 2017, it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's, it's happening. And you're like, damn, <laughs> like you got to figure this stuff out. There's, there's so many, so many little details and so like logistics and I have a lot of help, but, um, but yeah, it's a bit of a wing and a prayer. Like the whole thing, like you just, you never, you do your best to be prepared and you never quite know what's going to happen. And, but that's part of the thrill and the terror, which, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> I got to say that. And I'm in it with my three other musicians that are all like these wonderful people and phenomenal musicians and I, I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate as far as that's concerned but yeah I go to Europe about every about every four to six months for uh-huh. these tours because yeah Europe seems to kind of feel me you know they kind of have a they we ha- I have a love affair and haven't quite been able to find the sweet spots yet in America but you know a lot of it is that in a lot of countries in Europe they have grants and support to bring in musicians and to facilitate art that uh, doesn't happen so much in America. So, um, you know, you, like David says, you got to go where it's hot for you. (laughs) You Don't don't worry about the rest of it, you know? So I go where it's nice and warm. And um, although it's frigid, it's, you know, it's Helsinki, it's it's Finland. So it's 18 degrees, but it's warm feeling. (laughs) And it works out. That's so cool. So new EP out and you got a few songs yeah, out yeah. and one of them being uh, Blue yeah. Rose. Were you inspired by Twin Peaks <laughs> that one? Uh, <laughs> a little. Yeah. I don't know. You know, speaking for myself, but you know, part of what makes Twin Peaks so special is that there's these super vivid like elements that 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 are iconic. The blue rose is so arresting. The idea of it, the enigmatic nature of the blue rose, and you know, and when I think of the blue rose, it's, it's just this kind of unattainable. It doesn't actually exist, but there's something about it that's palpable. When I was, you know, reading the script and, you know, having to hold it all in because you can't share it. <laughs> so you're just like, you're you're just holding all of this information. And I, and I was, you know, so um, just kind of in awe that I was going to, you know, that, that my character was going to have this strong, um, you know, position as, as part of the Blue Rose task force and just kind of letting all of this infuse into my being before the actual filming, before, you know, the show is, you know, on the air, before the aftermath or afterglow, you know, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when, when all of that was happening, I was just kind of holding it. And the idea of being on the Blue Rose Task Force with, with the, the individuals who were, who were also a part of it was just like, I... I really just kind of couldn't believe it. So my expression of, you know, in my life is music. And so the Blue Rose just kind of worked its way into my own expression of music. And and I just had to, you know, songs are like, they're, they're ephemeral. You know, like you don't, if, if a song comes, you just kind of, you don't hold it too tightly because you you don't want to scare it away, but yeah. you just have to remain really open, right? So a blue rose was coming to me in this melody. And kind of just this weeping, kind of epic feeling, and I just went with it.
came um, and I didn't fight it. And uh, it was one of those songs that comes, you know, all at once. Maybe, you know, it's just a month, which sounds like a long time, but for a song for me, to, you know, for all the lyrics and all the melodies to just kind of to pour out in, in that amount of time was really, really beautiful. And then um, I took it to Texas with my songwriting partner and, and we kind of fleshed out this, this waltz feeling with it. And, and then, you know, um, and then on set, you know, I, I played it, I played it for David yeah. uh, from on my phone. And because I just, I wanted to, I was very conscious of wanting to make sure that he didn't feel that I was um, co-opting or appropriating something that was, that was his. But David doesn't feel like the things are his. He feels like he's presenting things that are in the world in his own, in his own way. So it's the same thing where, you know, like I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but there was something where somebody was like, well, you know, everyone's doing the Chevron thing now, you know, mm -hmm. the Chevrons are everywhere. It's like, I didn't make up the Chevron. He's like, well, <laughs> you, know, why, you know, like, but I mean, come on. I mean, the, the cultural relevance of the Chevron pattern in Twin Peaks is just, it's, it's hugely significant. And yeah. so I, I'm sure that that's a part of why Chevron came back in such a big way. But, you know, so when I played Blue Rose for David, he just smiled and there was so much going on. He said, he said, I, I like it. And for David, you know, that was, that was enough for me because he's never shy at giving his strong opinion, you know, one way or another. And, Really, I don't know how he felt about it, but in that moment, he celebrated my art and, um, and you know, and gave me a, a sweet smile, and that was enough for me, and didn't have any, you know, tightness or, you know, there was nothing there. So I was like, okay, I, I felt like that was kind of like, okay. So then I, many, you know, many, many months would pass, and then when I was making my new EP, I really felt like for the song Blue Rose, it was, it was the time for it to come. And there's always a bit of trepidation around that because, mm. again, you know, people, fans of Twin Peaks, you know, you can, you can rub them the wrong way, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, whew, it is some delicate territory. And I have, you know, a bit of a history of rubbing fans the wrong oh, way. And no, because, not us. You know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I oh. want to rub the right way. I yeah. really, I do. But, but at the same time, you can't have any, you can't have any attachment to that. As I've learned, you know, you have to just do what you do and, and, and give it and just let it go and, and, and hope for the best and, and whatever happens is what happens. But yeah, I love that Blue Rose always... song. I really love your song. I mean, I think not even associate with Twin Peaks. I'd love it. I think I love it because it's, it feels like a special kind of love. Like there's this some yeah. kind of special love that you have that unique love, the Blue Rose. So it's so pretty and I just love it. And I love all your music, but this is, I don't know. There's something special about that song. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, however it came about, that's, that's all I'm, that's all I'm trying to give. All I'm trying to offer is just, you know, sweet moments with the musical, with the musical endeavor. Like I, I, I give it, I give it up and then hope that it, you know, resonates in some way. And I love that, you know, there have been some really positive, um, you know, feelings about the song from the Twin Peaks community, which is, which makes me feel so good. And, and really it's like, you know, I know it's all, it's all scandalous. It's all dangerous territory. It's all like sacred ground. And, mm. and, you know, at a certain point, like, mm. well, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I, you know, and, and if it, and if it brings loveliness to someone's life, then it was worth it. Now, what's the one question you should ask me? What's the significance of the blue rose? An answer. Blue rose does not occur in nature. It's not a natural thing. The dying woman was not natural. Conjured. What's the word? A tulpa. Good. Coffee time. We talk about the Twin Peaks community, but you also have your, your own community. And can you share with our audience what is the Red Diamond membership that you have? This feeling that um, an artist has, 
you know, a story behind the art and, and things that they can share to people that are, are curious and want to go a little bit deeper into their world. And it's not necessarily the stuff that you online because so, some of it's a bit vulnerable so it's mm. like you if people really want to to investigate and if they want to get uh you know more thorough background about the the art and the, the art that i've been a part of and the people that i've um had the great fortune to be around in my life and i write blog posts and I and I post videos that I don't post in other places and and pictures that aren't otherwise available and it's kind of a way to facilitate a community around um, around the art and not necessarily so much about me but other people that might connect through my music and my art mm-hmm. that would also be able to to find each other. Uh, so that's an aspect of my, of my website is the red diamond community. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a little, it's just it's a few dollars a month and you support an independent artist and you dig a bit deeper into her world. And if that sounds delicious to you, then great. If it doesn't, then no problem. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, an, an artist, Really, we have to do we have to do a lot to survive these days, yeah. and and part of it is just expanding who you think you can be in order to to, to continue to do what you do. And so, my website was really a kind of a tremendous endeavor, um, and I, I put so much heart and soul and a lot of energy and time and investment into it, so it could really be a place. Um, that could facilitate supporting me as an artist and utilizing the tools that are available. But a lot of it is just my, you know, personal, um, just expenditure of energy, writing these posts and, you know, putting this stuff together out of, out of love and, and to a degree out of service, you know, you know, hoping that people are getting something from the experience and, um, and then, you know, to have this, you know, this digital legacy to some degree, what I've really had a beautiful response to is a blog post um, in appreciation of Miguel Ferrer. Mm. And that has been just, I mean, to, to read what people are writing and and to be able to read it even myself and kind of go freshly through all these memories of Miguel, it's been a wonderful healing tool. And and there's great uh, there's great power in that. There's great healing in in these things. You know, it's just like it's just ones and zeros. <laughs> but but you know what you personally put into it and what you can you can create from this digital universe is quite profound so I've, I've put a lot of love into my website and and the red diamond membership is something that I've offered to people who yeah just want to check out you know Christabel and the world of Christabel and all the wonderful beings that have come into it and yeah hopefully it gets your engine started and of uh, FBI agent Tammy Preston. <laughs> I like to say, well, when I, I feel like I auditioned for about 17 years. <laughs> With David, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, you know, David knows, he, he, he has this really strong intuition muscle. I call it a muscle because I do feel like if you, if you work this muscle, if you, if you pay attention to what I call the little voices. I don't know what David calls it, but like gut, your gut, your, your, but your spiritual gut. I don't think it's, I think there's a difference between instinct and intuition. I know I'm going kind of left field to answer the question, but I think David has a really strong intuition, this inner guidance. And, 
and he trusts it. And the more you trust your intuition, I think the more it works for you. And um, I think David had an intuition that I would be um, that I would be Tammy, and I would be a Tammy that would would um, be fulfilling for his vision. And and I think this I don't. You know, I was never told that Tammy was written for me. I don't think she was written for me. I really feel like David, you know, I know she, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty positive she was not written, you know, for me. I think that what Tammy was, was, you know, really super bright. Um, you know, the, the, her descriptor was hyper-intelligent and, um, and professional, you know, these kinds of things. Tammy was just... She was a, um, a beaming energy that was so curious and very thorough and and very enthusiastic, but not, you know, overdone. You know, and and eventually I started creating, you know, what Tammy was for me. There was not, you know, like a lot that was drilled into me about who Tammy was supposed to be. I, I think. David knew me as a person and he, he, you know, had this visualization of Tammy and he brought the two together and mm. it worked for him. And, and I think a lot of that too was, you know, the personal dynamic that, and this is also coming just from me. I'm not for David, but the dynamic that he and I have together, you know, there is this kind of like, um, you know, protege mentor thing that, you know, at least from my perspective, yeah. you know, I look to David, you know, for all of, you know, these wonderful ways he conducts his life. And I'm really inspired by that. So, and, you know, Tammy certainly, I think looks to Gordon um, as being someone who's just very clear and, and, and strong and present and, but, you know, not never thinking that he knows everything, but thinking that, He's got a you know a good idea of what things are, and he and he wants to help, and it's like and it's all and it's for it's for good ultimately. Mm -hmm. I think Gordon is good, like he's 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 a good one, and Albert is a good one. Like these are these are beautiful spirits that are in the the roles you know in life that they have, and they're bright and they are capable, and, and they have this also this X factor, you know, and that's that's very just kind of like this capacity for holding things that are extraordinary and on, you know, in the extra, in the world mm -hmm. of extraness. And, yeah. and, you know, and so, you know, maybe, you know, there's something to all of that, but, but, um, yeah, I, I, I felt like the dynamic between, you know, Christabel and David did have some similarities between the dynamic, you know, going on with Gordon and Tammy. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think there was something, something to that too. and, it all just kind of worked out that, that David felt like, you know, I'd make a, I'd make a good Tammy. Bless his heart. God bless, bless him. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, you've been doing excellent work, passing one test after another. Put out your hands. Flip them over. I'm very, very happy to see you again, old friend. This is the spiritual mound, the spiritual finger. You think about that, Tammy. Christabel, what I really love about your acting performance is the way you're able to say things without actually saying things in dialogue. I mean, the way your body language is, I really I really connected with that. And I even I kind of look at the way Tammy reacts with with Diane. There's like there's something there seems like they're having like disagreements but without talking and stuff. Did <laughs> did you see it that way? Did you see it that way when you were performing? <laughs> Well, the good news is, you know, even for someone who's not an actor, if you're around people who are great actors, it just kind of, you know, you're just reacting. You're just kind of like, Laura Dern is so gifted that you're just in a moment with, with, with the woman who is Diane and mm -hmm. everything around you is facilitating this possibility of being this character. So when everyone's present and everyone is kind of giving themselves over to the moment, these things just happen and, mm. and just happen like you would, if you were in a room with such a strong entity that, that is Diane, things are brought out of you. And, you know, Laura Dern was completely encompassing that entity and, mm. and it just, things just happen. And, and then, and then as I, 
and I'm very comfortable around David at this point, and then, you know, became very comfortable around Miguel. So you've got like just all these entities that are working together, and and so things get brought up, and and reactions just kind of happen. And as long as, you know, I wasn't trying to be restrictive, and I wasn't, I was just really looking to be in the moment and mm-hmm. and being Tammy as fully as I could, and letting Christabel just, you know. Um, you know, she's, she's, she's in the back there somewhere, not, not looking to think too much, but looking to really just be in a, I just made sure I knew my lines so that that was like, <laughs> that was just flowing from me. Right. So as long as the lines were not, I didn't have to reach for them. They were just tip of my tongue. So then I let everything else infuse the character. The lines naturally came out because I, I knew them backwards and forwards. And then you hope for the best. But, you know, a lot of this was one takes and, and two takes. I mean, it was happening so fast. There was like, it was, I mean, I haven't been on any other sets, frankly, you know, since the a Chinese film with Jet Li 20 years ago. But but this was like a well-oiled machine. and And it was just happening. And you're not... Like, you know, you're, you're, I'm dressed in character. Everyone's in character. David calls me Tammy, whether the camera's rolling or not. You know, I'm, once I'm on set, I'm, I'm Tammy. And so you're just, you know, with all of those things. And, and then it, it, it conjures up this, this otherness. And then, you know, you've got weeks. And we're very appreciative. What'd you say your name was again? Tammy. Fuck you, Tammy. You know, you're talking about uh, knowing your lines, but there were a few times probably where where there were either Lynch at created lines for you at the last minute or created scenes. I mean, what wasn't that smoking scene where you're with Diane and Cole kind of like just inspired in the moment there? We came out to join you, Diane, while Albert's indisposed. Gordon. We used to smoke together way back when. Do you remember? Yeah, we sure did, Gordon. Sure did. Thanks, Diane. That was the only one. Everything else is written to the letter. And and I had had a conversation at one point with David, or I'd read something somewhere where, um, you know, people would improvise, and he was not into that. He, he was not into that. He, he, he really wanted, he worked on that script and he thought about that script and it was written exactly as he intended. So unless, you know, you're in the moment and he tells you to change something, uh, no, it was exactly. And the one exception, um, was exactly as you're saying, this, this smoking scene. And, and that was completely improvised so it was either to the letter or 100% improvised which you know was such a, a thrill and and a, and you know horrifying like oh my god we're I'm about to improvise this scene Jason Lynch and Lawrence Stern are you fucking kidding me like but at the same time like the emotions that come up it's just like okay well if I'm here I guess I'm supposed to be here so I'm just gonna give it all I've got and then try to totally like get out of myself and just you know, flow in this moment. And a lot of that was really just working with the dynamic that the three of us were sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, David and David and Laura go way, 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 way back. And I was just meeting Laura, just like Tammy was just meeting Diane. And I was intimidated, you know, of course, just like Tammy is intimidated by Diane, but there's also this utterly fascinated. So like, and with, and with Laura, I was just fascinated. And, you know, Laura is just this very warm, you know, great conversationalist, wonderful, easy to be around. So there's not a part of her personality that's intimidating. It's just her, you know, her beingness that's so, you know, just remarkable and, 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 and big, you know, magnanimous. She just has a, a, a bigness about her. She's an exceptional human. And so that was the fascination and intimidation there. But then being with her and, and, and David, you know, while we weren't shooting, I was just, you know, kind of like really just taking in the moment. I think David was seeing how this dynamic was playing out in our little threesome there as we were sharing time. And then just, you know, had this inspiration for us to to have an experiment, you know, mm-hmm. as he as he talks about them and see what happens, and then the smoking scene happened, and it was um, definitely a reflection yeah. <laughs> of 
And I love that what David does. Uh-huh. You, you think where most directors would cut, he just keeps going. And I kind of love that. I love that. Like you're standing, you're standing, you're looking, yeah. you're looking, and he just keeps going. And going. <laughs> oh, it's incredibly effective, and it's the same in the music. I mean, I had to really get okay with that in the music because it'd be like David. You know, it'd be like, God, oh, this part's going on for you know a while with no changes, and it's like that's because you're in the moment. Like, why would you? jar someone uh, you know and I'm, I'm not saying he ever you know these were his words I'm just saying that was what I received like if you're in the moment and you're like cruising in the moment don't change it just because you feel like you know now's time for something to change that's mm-hmm. that's I think a, a symptom of our society too this like you know really um fast-paced um high um short attention span high Mm -hmm. stimulation you know that we've come to need but you know david comes from um a situation in his childhood where if you know he wanted a toy he made it (laughs) you know he he, he went into you know he got a piece of wood and and he made that shit and that's like you know, there's this there's this idea of a slow burn that ultimately is way more, I think, like satisfying, you know, than than this, you know, high 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 fast paced, you know, high energy thing that happens. And it's not that that's not appealing too. It's like it's like candy. And maybe like you get the nourishment of like sitting with the moment and mm. feeling the awkwardness and feeling the tension and and there's something really special about that and yes, and, and david you know yep. does it yeah i didn't kill ruth i loved her i loved her i don't know what is happening to me why can't you help me please during the uh twin peaks fest last year you told everyone about your first mm-hmm. i think you i believe you said it was your first day of filming the return with matthew lillard uh can you share that story with us yeah. It was such a great story. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so the Saturday, I mean, I live in Oakland, California, and I came to Los Angeles for the filming, and I was there, like, um, David wanted to, to meet on the Saturday before the Monday of filming, just to talk about any any questions that I might have, and, and just to really, you know, he was being thoughtful and mindful and aware that this was my first, you know, television acting experience and, and, and that he, you know, definitely, um, you know, given me a, a big opportunity with a, with a certain amount of pressure involved. I think he just wanted to check in. So we had a Saturday meeting and we had this great conversation and, and we were talking a little bit about Tammy and there was a few moments in the script I had questions about. And, and he said, you know, so, so one day when, you know, when you have your interrogation scene, I was like, wait, hold up. I was like, Monday, my my first scene is the interrogation scene because I've been, you know, I, I was like, David, like, really? He's like, nobody told you. I was like, no, nobody told me. Okay. He's like, he's like, don't worry, it's gonna be great. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And so, in in a way, it was like this moment of, of you know my first day of being Tammy was going to be the most intense. Day, you know, of, of really of the whole script from my character personally, as far as like, you know, the the focus on her, um, the 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 nature of the scene, and after you have all of this kind of coming at you, you're like, fuck it, whatever, bring it, bring it, I got this, I got it, yeah, I can do this, you know, yeah, the interrogation scene, that's my first scene, and then I just embraced it, and and then it was like comically beautiful you know like that david believed i could do it i was like oh my god like that's that kind of faith you know because i know how much he had writing he wanted this show to be great he wasn't gambling like he he didn't he wasn't trying to take big risks you know he was doing what he thought would work and be and risks you know maybe that other people would would see as risks but to but in his world you know it all made sense and so it, it made sense in his mind that I could that I could deliver this on my first day of, of shooting was just all of a sudden you just like okay then I must be able to do it and that's kind of where the that magic comes in David thinks I can do it and in turn you know so if he has this faith I can have this faith. And and then it becomes your own faith and your own personal faith. And then it has nothing to do with David as much as it has to do with 
wanting to personally rise to an occasion and give it everything that you've got to, you know, and, and find this new place within yourself that you didn't know was there. And I think Tammy was doing that at the same time. So it was like both me and Tammy were like expanding ourselves to do this thing that we knew we could do somehow, but we were maybe in ways, you know, untested. And <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful opportunity to to um, to basically rise to an occasion that I that I you know, might not have chosen for myself because I might have been too scared, but that, you know, someone believed I could do. So I, I stepped into it with all that I had. And, and then poor Matthew, oh my God, the look on his face when I was like, yeah, it's, it's my first day of, you know, it's my, it's my first day. He's like, you know, what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm a musician. I've, I've never actually acted before, but you know, I'm really, really excited. And I'm looking at him and he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, what, you know, I, I'm bless his heart, and because he had this insane delivery to, you know, to to give, and this performance that took so much. I mean, even between the takes, you know, he was he was rocking back and forth, and he was like, you know, rubbing his his head, and he was he had to be in that state of anxiety and mm. overwhelm for the for the duration of the filming and mm. before he he performed and so he because he really you know and that's a that's a lot of energy and a tremendous effort and it's not comfortable and it's not um yeah it, it, it's taxing it's very taxing but he was giving it and and so and then i i gave everything that i had and and so, and by the end of it, I remember, you know, Matthew said, he's like, look, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, because there's this thing that happens where the camera's on you and you're performing for the camera and the person, you know, who the camera kind of is like over his shoulder, you know, and this is what I learned, you know, now that I've, now that I've had the experience, <laughs> like when, when I'm performing to Matthew, the camera is over his shoulder, so he's not really on camera. But if he's not giving me something, it's really hard to bring it out of yourself, you know, if someone's not giving it to you, you know. So, yeah. and then when the camera's over my shoulder, you know, he's got to be reacting to me. And if I'm not giving something to him, then it's going to be real hard to act to a wall, right? But apparently... A lot of actors in the business, if, if the camera's not on them, they're not, they're, they're kind of just turned off. But for Matthew, I, you know, every, every performance that I gave, I was fully in it, whether the camera was on me or not. Because honestly, I thought that was expected of me. Mm -hmm. But afterward, he was like, you know, I want to give you a little bit of props because you, you know, you were really in it even when the camera wasn't on you. And, and, you know, as from an actor's perspective, I appreciate that. And, so that acknowledgement went a long way with me because, A, I, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't want him to be so bummed out that he had to perform with, you know, a novice actor in this really challenging moment. But, but he was able, you know, to give me that acknowledgement and I felt really, I felt really good and I felt, I was glad that, you know, I did deliver that. So maybe his job was, you know, a little, um, I don't know about easier, but you know, on some level, you know, he expressed that appreciation. So I was, yeah. um, I felt, I felt good about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. to the challenge every day I mean you've got this new tour you're you're, you're, you're rising to that challenge you're, you're kicking it off the, the Europe tour can you tell us where are you uh, going like where are you gonna be sure sure I mean yeah there's a lot of rising there's a lot of challenge rising but it's like in it's like periods of life like yeah. you you know this is four weeks of like constant you know, opening and, and, and delivering and wanting to just give and give and give. And then I recover for a month. And, um, as I'm recovering, I'm, I'm introspecting and I'm digesting all that's happened. You know, it's like cycles. Um, so it's really, it's really beautiful like that. But, um, you know, on this particular 
tour, uh, I start. I have a I have a private show in Madrid um, for a jewelry company that I. Um, that I work with there, but so that won't be for the public, but I personally will be in Madrid and then I'll go start the, the public, all the public shows. And it starts in Athens, Greece. And I go to London and I go to, to Scott, to, um, Edinburgh and Glasgow in, in Scotland. And then from there I go to, um, Mestre, Italy, mm-hmm. which is right next to Venice. And then I have four dates in smaller cities in Portugal. And then I have shows in Belgium. Um, I go to Paris, uh, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. And and Amsterdam. And um, I go at see. So I do Paris, and then I do another date uh, in France, um, in the French Alps, in a city called Chamonix. Uh, uh, I go to um, like Finland. I go to Finland wow. and Helsinki and. Uh, uh, Denmark, I have a show in Copenhagen and Barhus, um, which I don't know if you know about Denmark, but it's this fascinating thing that when Twin Peaks was on the air 25 years ago, there were only two television stations in Denmark, and Twin Peaks was... Twin Peaks was airing on one of them. So it had such a deep effect on the culture there. And I was told this by, um, by a Dane when I did an um, uh, interview with him, and he shared this with me. Probably you Andreas, know that... probably. <laughs> probably Andreas who does yes, uh, Twin yes. Peaks there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes, yes, absolutely. Who will be at my show in, uh-huh. in Aarhus because he lives there. Um, but yeah, so... I was like, wow, I thought it was just like a whole country, you know, when everybody's tuning in to Twin Peaks, like, oh, how That's amazing so cool. is that? The country is going to be so beautifully affected. And I got to share that with David, you know, and he didn't, he didn't know. He, had, he didn't know that that was the case for Denmark. I thought, thought that was super sweet. Um, awesome. But yeah, so I'll do, I'll do Denmark. Uh, and then, and then I, sh- I end up in Tampere. Uh, so yeah, and then I'm going. So I, I finish up in the Scandinavian countries. Well, you got a lot um, going on this year. Yeah, so much going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, Krista Bell, it's been so good talking with you, and I, we could talk forever. Uh, but we'd love maybe another time we could have you on and talk more. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I love your sure. album. We we dissolve. Yeah, and your EP, your new EP, and uh, your touring, and you're Thank so busy. You. It's so exciting. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you both, Ben and Brian. It's been lovely. You super, super, you know, yeah, lots of lots of light, lots of good juju. I appreciate that. <laughs> he wasn't going to Philadelphia. He was headed west. A few people who've come in contact with him have gotten physically ill. Are you feeling all right, Albert? I'm fine, Tammy. And who is Philip Jeffries? He's a former FBI agent. You're wearing a wire, Tammy. You asked me to. Right. Thank you, Christabel, for being on today's show. We definitely appreciate it. Go out there, get her new EP. It's out now on Spotify, iTunes. Just iTunes for Blue Music. Rose. You should get it just for Blue Rose. <laughs> yeah, and we'll end the show off. We'll end today's show off with a clip from Blue Rose so everybody can get a good taste of what it sounds like. But uh, amazing EP. All her albums are great. And honestly, when we met her at the fest last year, she was by far one of the nicest with Amy Shields. Yes. These two were like hanging out all the time. Super, super nice. I remember I went home, I checked out her music on um, Apple Music, and I fell in love with it. I thought it was really good. The stuff she did with Lynch is really good, but then she did her last album was just her, and it was Amazing. It is something else. I love her work. It's great to talk about Twin Peaks and her playing Tammy and her involvement with the show. I mean, it was so cool to get to talk to her about that as well. And if you guys had a great time, please like us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook's, uh, we're getting likes constantly. I know Facebook's going through some uh, turmoil right now, (laughs) but uh, hopefully you, you stick with it and you can just hang out with us at least. But if Facebook isn't your thing or you want to drop the old Facebook we're on Twitter. Yeah, we got a great community on Twitter. I, I definitely recommend hanging out on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's a great time. And we got YouTube. I mean, there's there's a community there. They're always posting stuff after our show drops. Yeah, we appreciate it. Subscribe um, on YouTube to our Twin Peaks Unwrapped page. Hit the little bell button. 
And every time a new show drops, you'll get a uh, notification. So that that definitely helps. And if you want to support the show, check out T Public. The link is in our show notes. Buy a shirt, buy a mug, buy anything that will help support the show. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll have some new designs later on. You know, we really haven't changed anything or added anything, but hopefully, we got some stuff in the works. Yeah. And. Also, Spotify. We're on the Spotify. Yes. Yay. So if you if iTunes isn't your thing or whatever, Spotify is your thing, go ahead, go on Spotify. You can listen to us while you're playing on your PS4 or Xbox One. Nice. Is, how cool is that? That's you can listen so cool. to Twin Peaks Unwrapped <laughs> while you're playing Far Cry 5 or you're playing Wait, some while game. While you're shooting something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you're playing Fortnite because that's yeah, a huge yeah. game everybody's playing right. right now. That's what my son plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> So there you go. Also, next week, if you're on the Twitter, and we know majority of our fans are on the Twitter, and if you're not on Twitter, I think you should join Twitter just for this event alone. We're going Twitter Live. Twitter Live. Last month it was Facebook Live. Now we're going Twitter Live. Yeah, we're going to change it up. And I think we're going to try to experiment every month if possible. And I I feel like Twitter Live is going to be very... It, it, we're going to get a lot of views on that. I think so. It, it, it's a very popular. Wow. I can't wait. And, I, and we should have, JC will probably be joining us, I imagine. JC will be on the show. For 25 Years Later site. It's going to be Thursday. April 26th. At 6 p.m. Eastern yeah. time. And if you can't make it, we'll be uh, we'll be having it on our podcast probably that night. Yeah. We'll do what we just did last time. We'll post the audio that night on our normal feed you'll still get to hear the show you'll just miss out on the visual and you'll miss out on commenting and sending messages which we want to hear so join us if you can last time we had a ball we got to read in in real time people's thoughts and comments and um i think on twitter live it's going to be like even crazier yeah i don't think i've ever done twitter live so this will be exciting me neither. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So join us next week, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're in a different time zone, just Google it. You'll figure it out. I know a lot of people asked me last time, like, what time in UK is that? And I just basically Googled it. So just Google it. You'll figure it out. It's easy. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Is it six hours? Is it five, five hours? Five hours? I don't know. That's what Google's for, I guess. With that being said, Ben. We'll be back next week. Live on Twitter.